Hi, and welcome to LGH TV podcast number five, an interview with John Foreman. Yeah, we had a great conversation with him. You guys are going to love it. Yes, it's been um, a crazy week. We got just got back from Hollywood, from the film festival, and I know we've had lots of you text us and message us over this last week, just giving encouragement. I probably saw some pictures online and... Pretty incredible time. It was really well received. People were really excited. We had some amazing conversations with people in the industry, and uh, it was a win. It was a win for telling stories that hopefully can impact the world. And it was a win in the sense, too, that it feels very... We had a few people even tell us they really saw it as... um, They were pioneers, in a sense, that we... To bring in a TV show to a film festival has never been done. Like nobody that's not nobody does that. You that's not a typical place where you and yet there was, you know, three T V shows shown. Um and I just think, wow, like that's true. Like we've been given this incredible gift and this incredible invitation. And it wasn't because of us. Like that's not to toot our own horns like we're pioneers and we're gonna go out the truth is is we just have continued to show up and make this thing and when with partnering with all of you out there who've helped through Kickstarter and um, just encouraging us. And um, we continue to show up, and ultimately we get to create this really beautiful thing that could um, that could impact people and people enjoy watching. And um, But it was really humbling. So we want to remind everybody again, the October 23rd date is actually our world premiere for the entire season, season two of The Fine Nicaragua. We showed a portion of it in Hollywood, but right here in Grand Junction, in the theater that John uh, Foreman is is about to play here in a few minutes, um, uh, is playing at. Uh, We're gonna be showing the entire season, having Brad Corrigan, who we actually also mentioned a few times in in the interview with John, uh, is playing alongside of us. Our, our buddy Patrick Maxey is doing some live art. It's going to be an amazing, amazing night, and uh, you can get tickets. Uh, VIP tickets are $35, and that gets you drinks for the night, the after party, the showing, or $10 for a normal ticket. So enjoy this episode. Uh, it was a treat that John could fit it in right before his show, and we are excited to go over and listen here in a few minutes. Um, yeah, but just enjoy it. We talk about life and pursuing big dreams and um, living authentically. Yeah, so you guys will you guys will love it. Enjoy. I'm Morgan Hanso, and I'm Dave Hanso, and we believe that every person is created with unique passions and talents, and yet most of us don't live as if that's true. Welcome to the LGH TV podcast. Dude, I got your um, email list today. How are you going to do 24 hours? How does that, like, literally work? So, yeah, so I'm doing 25 shows in 24 hours. <laughs> and They have to be close proximity. Well, maybe I mean, you should yeah. wait and have this be part of it. Well, it's already recording, oh, okay. but I don't want to okay. tell people stuff if they don't want them to know. Are you oh, fine no. with it? Yeah. We, well, we, we, we are work. already recording, so oh, okay. go for okay. it. Yeah. Um, so 25 shows in 24 hours, um, 75 unique songs. 75? Yeah, because it's going to be Switchfoot songs. I didn't know that. And fiction family songs and solo songs. Wow. So three songs at each location and then moving on to the next one. Three songs, moving on, three songs. So, <laughs> so where do these ideas, like, 
how, where do these ideas come from? Because that's that's outside of the box thinking there. Yeah, it's 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 either the dumbest thing I've ever thought of, or it, it could possibly be re- really fun. And I think it could probably be somewhere in the middle. And um, the the concept became um, kind of uh, two things, inspired by two things. First of all, I do these after shows, so like I'll play a show, and then after the show, I've got more songs left in me, and I'll go out in mm-hmm. the parking lot or the bar down the street or coffee shop or wherever and play more music, you know? And so that, and it feels really organic and like some, like, um, the other, one of my favorite after shows I did recently, I actually did one in, in Colorado. We played Red Rocks and then. We were, so we were there. You were there. We okay. were there. And we got pictures that night. Concert. No way. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all downhill. <laughs> Literally, that's what Brad said. So we, we came back from Nicaragua shooting with Brad. And we said, hey, our kid's first concert is going to be the Switchfoot Need to Breathe at, at, at Red Rocks. And he was like, oh, you're ruining concerts forever yeah, for your kids. It's, they're like, it's, oh, man, remember that one good one? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love Red Rocks. So after that show, um, I drove down with Brad. To in his old truck, shop, right? In his old truck. <laughs> and awesome. and um, we just played songs. And, it's, and that's kind of what the solo thing is for me is like like tonight it's just people will just write down songs on cardboard or or pieces of paper and throw their like set list requests in and that's what we do and you're fine if it's anything anything it doesn't matter if it's switchfoot stuff we got a metallica request last night (laughs) i I don't know inner salmon as well as i should but um so yeah it's it's just fun and and i my goal is with these things i love to embrace the chaos that's one of the reasons why i do it just to kind of dive into the fact that most of life is outside of my control Hmm. and um underneath the the facades that we put up Hmm. there's there's this unpredictable horrifying beautiful chaos that exists underneath the surface of that mirage of control you know so like this is my chance to just Hope the strings don't break, but there's no PA, there's no smoke, there's no light, there's no set list. It's just <sighs> dive into it, you know? Dang. And so that's that's what that's what the after shows mean to me. And so twenty-five after shows feels like it's just taking it to the logical extreme. So I'm gonna be playing with like my my old alma mater marching band. I'm gonna be playing like oh, wow. with a mariachi band at a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> I'm gonna be playing a wedding. I'm going to be playing... Dude, that's a lot of like, work. Like, a lot of pre-production oh, yeah. to make it's, sure... It's a freaking nightmare. <laughs> so, like, me and my friend Bobby. Bobby is just like... We both are like, uh, what have we gotten ourselves into? But Had you heard of somebody doing this before? No. Because well, I had... And afterwards, I, I've found that there's a couple people that have done, you know, similar things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, the other thing that... that that was in, that kind of inspired it was the the concept of the wonderlands, which uses um, the metaphor of of the day to kind of tackle subjects of light and darkness. You know, which is your series of new albums, just so people yeah people yeah, yeah. Know. So I'm putting out is your... yeah 25 songs that would attempt to kind of create a musical day um, mm-hmm. of light and darkness, and um, I'm calling it the wonderlands and. Mm-hmm. So that that would be basically using light and darkness as that metaphor, like fear and and joy and and 
and regret and love and faith and doubt and all these things. Um, I think for me, sometimes it's really helpful to have a vehicle for the songs to live in, to, to make them feel like they're a part of one cohesive statement. Hmm. And when you're tackling 25 songs with all this different subject material, like the day felt like a really great metaphor to, to put all these songs in. That's wow. awesome. Dang. So, yeah. So, I, well, oh, let me just say, we're with John Foreman of Switchfoot and of... Of John Foreman? <laughs> um, in case anybody doesn't know that yet. Um, yeah, he's playing here in Grand Junction tonight. Uh, we are stoked to have him. And uh, But we're just going to talk a little bit about life and his work and what he's been doing. And uh, <clears throat> That was way too formal. Uh, <laughs> why do you think... So, as you said that, like I'm curious... Why do you think people, as they get to be roughly our age, I think we're, we're fairly close, only because of I know that of, of Jesse, you're similar age of Jesse, right? Yeah, so same. yeah, we're all yeah. pretty close. Why is it that people stop, let alone people that have been successful in the past, um, but they stop dreaming big for their own life, or they stop... Taking, taking risks in general. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, we've seen that. Uh, we know that. We had yeah. a guy today on the plane, um, he's seen our show, and he said... What did he say? He said, oh, I'm so jealous of you. And of I said, life. I mean, I'd say this to him, of your life. And I, we were like, but I don't get what you're talking. Like, I didn't say this to him, but the truth was is anybody could try this stuff. Yeah. Anybody could go try it. So why, why stay being jealous versus just going and having fun and trying some things? Why, why do you think or what have you seen? I don't know. I, I, I see that too, though. I think that there's this period of time... I mean, it's, it's best seen when you look at a kid um, attempting to do anything. They can literally do anything. They could, they could learn French. They could mm. stand up on a surfboard. They could um, learn the iPhone quicker yeah. than any of us. <laughs> it is right? true, right. Yeah, a that. toddler. Yeah. And part of that is just the idea that um, they don't know it's hard and they don't mm. have, they're not wasting their energy projecting out that they have it figured out when they don't. So I think that for me, that innocence is like part of, part of what I, I continually aspire to contain within whatever I'm doing, because I feel like, like even the wonderlands is, is kind of a nod to the idea that wonder and a, and an assent to the idea that I don't have it figured out and I'm dealing with things that are bigger than I am is the beginning of good art. Well, when you're saying that, I just had this little epiphany that I wonder if it's not that kids up into a certain age are really self-focused. They're not really aware that yeah. of other people. Because yeah. they, they only really, they're kind of egocentric. And I, I think we see that as a bad thing. But as you get older, as right. As you get older, but it's almost like when they're young and they have that innocence, they're not looking at comparison and judgment no. and, like, what other people are going to think about them. They don't They're care what, themselves. who liked them on Instagram <laughs> totally. or what yeah. anyone said about their their art. They're just, they're, they are, yeah. and they, they exist. And, I mean, I think that that's a beautiful thing. Um, my, I was talking with Brad <laughs> about the Garden of Eden. And if you use that as a metaphor for any young soul coming of age... Um, you are incubated in this space where you're taken care of and you have no fears, no reservations about people. And then all of a sudden there's this moment that happens in your life. It could happen far too young um, or you could 
grow up in a great household and <laughs> gradually get kicked out of the garden. I don't know, but there is that moment for all of us where we say, holy crap, I just got stabbed by a human and wow. that hurts. And whatever, why did he say that to me? And oh my gosh, you know, yeah. I got to, I got to. Freaking toughen up, man, because this is this is a tough world, you know. Gotta watch yourself. You gotta yeah, and that takes a own, lot of energy. You know? And I don't think that I mean that that takes energy away from from good art and and daring and dreaming and trying, you know. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Well, we know personally, like at that point where yeah, you go through really hard stuff, or somebody hurts you, or you know, yeah. even in our own marriage, like. I hurt you years ago in our marriage with some really stupid choices that I made. And, you know, at that point, you have this option to, like, yeah, either get bitter or, or yeah, become more open. Either closed or more open, right? Yeah. Um, and so often, yeah, the easier one, of course, is to get bitter. And, and, and the opposite's been true for us. We would say we wouldn't wish that season on our worst enemy, and yet it's been the most beautiful thing that our marriage ever could have had. And, and the way we raised our kids is different in the way we, because everything past that has felt like a gift. Right. Mm. Cause I think it's just that struggle opens the door for gratitude and joy. Mm. I don't really know that there's another way to get there. No, I, I, I agree. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, I was in uh, was shopping for a greeting card downtown San Diego and the next aisle over, I hear this wizened old voice say, um, any culture that makes pain the enemy um, is doomed for their demise. Ask a runner how he got so fast. He'll tell you I've suffered. Ask a, a, a fighter how he got so strong. He'll tell you I've suffered. Ask my people how they got to be so strong. They will tell you they have suffered. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on right now? Literally, I, I like, I'm like staring into space. It's a, and, and like I lean around the corner and I'm just like, like am I in a movie? Right. Where are the cameras? Like, Where's the angle is, we're going for right now? What is happening? And, but it stuck with me and I, wow. I totally agree. I don't know that. I mean, that's the way our body works, right? Mm-hmm. Like hmm. you want to have a healthy immune system. Yeah. Well, you, you know, right. you got to be around the stuff, the agitators of your immune system. You, you want to be strong? Well, you got to break your muscles down. Wow. You got to make them pay. And then they, they respond. And that's, yeah. that's, I think, you know, music's the same way. You rise to that occasion when things break down. Hmm. What happens next? Oh, gosh, I, I'm limited by this, this lack. And I have to find another way around it. And suddenly rock and roll is born, you know? I wish I was in the aisle next to you. That was incredible. No, like, it, let, I can't believe you remember it. I mean, no, that's I, like, I, it stuck like with me <laughs> exactly to this day. Yeah. Wow, oh, that's, that's crazy. Powerful. So we're—I mean, we we would consider ourselves social entrepreneurs. So we worked in Uganda for years. We um, have always run companies that can make some kind of impact. For us, we've seen no better way of impacting people than through media. So we produced a documentary. We were working on a show now. Uh, for you, I'm assuming. Um, it's music, and it has allowed you to have that voice. What is it about that that you would say you're using music for something bigger, or is it music itself? Is it I don't know if that's like a horrible yeah. thing for a musician to say. Like well, I'm using know, this as a no. That's a that's a that's a very valid question. I think the irony for me, like especially the last couple of years, we've been like, you know what? We should probably like figure out some other th- some other ways to make money, some other forms of income. You know. Huh. Yeah. Um, and we, which 
inevitably means that we're we start a nonprofit. So we <laughs> somehow out of that we started this music school that is pay what you can nonprofit music wow. school. So then we come back. We're like, well, we really didn't actually do anything. Did that we did the opposite. Support group for people like us. Yeah, because <laughs> we do the same thing. So and you're like, like, where's our revenue model? Okay, oh, all right. Well, our goal. Yeah, happen. totally. Our goals were like, okay, three goals. Um, establish a permanent location in our city that would help the the next generation. Okay, check. Not lose money and not lose time. Actually, totally failed on both of those. So, we, yeah. But I, for, for me, music is like, um, I, I don't necessarily view it as a way to influence people. Um, I, I do see it as that eventually. But when I'm writing a song, like, I honestly feel like the songs come to me. Hmm. And the hardest thing to do is try and figure out what in the world to do with them. Hmm. Like, the song, you, the songs, writing a song for me is like, the is is just joy like it's just fun pure unadulterated being a kid joy which and, is the opposite of any author i've ever heard of who writes they're like it is the biggest you know it's slog yeah, it's horrible yeah. it's like, what is it that quote an author is someone who has a hard time writing <laughs> right you know? yeah so it's interesting that you'd say i don't know if it's the same for us i mean we love what we do and i love what it gets to do and i do love the process but it's freaking hard now, yeah. you're not saying that it's not hard, yeah. or are you? No, I'm saying um, anything worth doing is almost impossible. But the hard part for me is figuring out what to do with the song. Like, for mm-hmm. me, like, we could, like, write, and we do. We'll just, I'll just write tons of songs. Like, we have hundreds and hundreds of songs that no one's ever going to hear. Yeah. And wow. that, to me, is sometimes, I used to be bummed out at that, where you're like, oh, man, we spent years of our lives in the studio working on these things that no one's ever going to hear. But then I think sometimes that's like, it's like a gift to be in a place where um, you are making something for your maker alone, hmm. you know? And Dang. I feel like if we are created by the creator, then like a good chunk of our identity, if that's stamped upon us, is going to be creating, Yeah, you know? So that, for me, um, that's, that's it. That's what I'm in the music for, yeah. is co-signing God's blank checks. And anything beyond that where it, it influences other people, that's kind of his work. And, and that's kind of yeah. not Just, even my hand. That's awesome. And I would say to an extent, we've... I mean, I would say I enjoy the process, and then you just want to see it get out there and do something. You're like, yeah. hey, look what... And that's the hard you know, part. Like, that's the hard part, exactly. Yeah. But I think, you know, we've struggled being in a small town in western Colorado, how, you know, not in L.A., in the yeah. epicenter of the media world. How how does that happen? And for us, it's just... And what we were reminded of, too, this last week in Hollywood, it was like people kept saying, like, don't quit. You can't stop you know, like the world needs this. And we're like, okay. And I think we just have to trust. Like we do what we feel like has, we've been gifted to do and do it well with excellence. And I believe, you know, eventually those next places of, well, hopefully it's possible. Not that I mean we don't do work. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But it's kind of like our obedience is to step out and do this. It's just hard not having the control. <laughs> and yeah. Like I want to see you know, so many steps down the road or ensure me about this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
And that's that's the unknown. That's just the worst. That's the hardest part for sure. You know, for people wondering, um, yeah, just just even how to attempt these big, beautiful things with their life. I mean, I would say the things you have helped create and been a part of over the years um, are big and beautiful. And whether or not you tried for you know had that long term goal of I want this to be big and beautiful versus I'm just doing the thing that I feel like I'm made for, and so I'm just doing it. yeah, what is that? What are those things that you even tell your kid or you want to tell your your your, your daughter? Yeah, um, that's that's a good question. That, that may be loaded. I don't mean to put too much. No, on. I mean run from the music industry. <laughs> <laughs> your hands. I mean, your hands are in so much. You you guys have created a movie. You run now. You run a nonprofit. You run a surf competition. You have a band and you have a solo career too, right? Yeah, couple bands. Yeah, right. oh, yeah. yeah so. But like all of those, I think for us, it's just been driven by joy and like, like, and honestly, no, no real good plan. We're like any good plan that we've ever had has been just been like, oh, that did not work at all. But all the things that we're like, well, we know this is a tough decision, but we feel strongly against this one, our music being involved in this one scene that feels like it goes against what we believe about the world. Hmm. It feels... Like it's a contradiction to the way I view beauty or something like that. And those are the things that you say no to. And then the things that we've said yes to are just like the obvious, like, well, put your foot in front of the other and and chase down what you think is who you are. Um, I I mean, I always have, for for specifically the music industry, I always say like, um, I say to songwriters, write out of joy. Because I feel like joy is a really good engine. It'll get you places that you wouldn't get to with fear or bitterness or anger. And not that those are, are invalid engines, but I feel like joy is a better engine. Hmm. Um, and then I feel like... I, I, I think somebody told me early on, um, God doesn't need a lawyer, so be honest. And that was hmm. something that I felt like was really important. Like if you view the Psalms with that lens, you realize that we pull a lot of punches because we're afraid our, that God can't handle it. Hmm. And and that's what we call Christian art. And I feel like that does not only ourselves, but our God a disservice. Huh. And then I feel like the other thing is, as a, as a musician, like take every moment for what it is as an incredible opportunity to participate in the art form that you love whether it's five people there or 500 or 5,000, like that could be an incredible moment and, and take it for what it is. And, and because there's all these other things that are outside of your control that you want people to hear the songs. You want to get on radio. You want to sell tickets. You want to sell albums, but who knows if that's going to happen. Right. But those five people are there connect and just make it amazing for you and for them that's 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 what i you actually believe that because you're in grand junction right now yeah much smaller we saw you in red rocks (laughs) two months ago and now you're in grand junction well and 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 to to be honest like sometimes the after shows in front of five ten fifteen people without a microphone um or a light or a smoke machine those are better than the show because there's something that magic that happens, and that's what music is. It's magic, and it, and you don't know. I don't. Fi- I haven't figured it out yet. Wow. 
Funny you brought up the five people, not to keep bringing up the fact that we were just at the Hollywood Film Festival. We just got back like two hours ago, so that's why. Yeah, I, it's, it's fresh. so fresh. Yeah. But years ago, this guy, we were showing our original documentary in Austin, Texas, and um, at a film festival, and it was a really cold night, like 30-something degrees. It was heel and sleet. Not the typical Austin yeah. weather. So five, six people yeah. showed up to our premiere. It yeah. sucked. It was the worst. It was like, heart, you know, heartbreaking. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is a, such a big deal. Flown down there. We're... Um, I've done those. We did, I've done those. Yeah, yeah sure. you're good at And yet, we were just at the Hollywood Film Festival, and one of those five people is the owner of the Hollywood Film Festival. Yeah. Um, now. Yeah. And he wasn't then, um, but yeah. he watched Moving On, and out of that was inspired uh, to see how film could like impact people, and it like wrecked him. The next morning, he woke up and used some some words we probably shouldn't even say, but he was just like, you son of a, what? you know, you wrecked me. You you wrecked. I couldn't sleep. I he's a really wealthy guy, and I I'm gonna sell my companies, and he ended up selling them, ended up buying the Hollywood Film Festival last year, and has turned it to be a film festival in the middle of Hollywood uh, that promotes filmmakers who are who are like impacting the world, doing something good for the Mm -hmm. world, Um, all because five people showed up. And it's so hard not to equate numbers with with meaning, Mm. but you know. In reality, those two are have nothing to do with each other, you know. But like you see five people and you think, oh, that's insignificant. But right. it could be incredibly significant, you know. But I am under that same delusion, you know. Well, I say all of America is, you know, because <laughs> yeah. we're gauging everything on, you know, I call it the pin it, post it, like it, tweet it world. You know, it's like whatever, however mm-hmm. many likes or hearts or, you know, whatever we get. <laughs> yeah. It's a we would we base our worth on yeah. yeah scary stuff well and and to go kind of jumping off of the idea of numbers do not equate meaning or or worth but like i feel like um the most important elements of our culture and our lives are the things that are often hidden and if you believe the gospel then the people up on stage are the people that are tying shoes in heaven you know, and I feel like the most important people in the kingdom of the heavens are the people that are not on stage, do not have a microphone, and are not on the cover of yeah. the magazine. And I, I say that knowing that I am often on stage, you know, so yeah. like, but I, um, my favorite people on the planet are the salt of the earth people that, I mean, how, like, for me, I look back at times in my life that like I needed someone and it I didn't call Bono, hmm. you know. Right. I I called the pastor that that uh he's he was always there for me, hmm. you know. So it's like those are those are the moments where you're like, okay, so who has more impact on the world? Has Bono affected my life? I'm sure. Right. I've listened to you two for a long time, like everyone else, but um I wonder, I mean, I think there's a bigger story and I feel like you're, the moment that I'm aware of that bigger story, I realize the impact that I have on others Hmm. in the small moments, in the quiet moments, and also um, that all the big noisy events that happen online and with loudspeakers 
means so much less than I thought. Huh. And has it taken a while for you to? Oh, uh, it's uh, you know, I'm still learning that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a revolving door, right? Where yeah. you, you you keep coming back around to it and think, oh my, that's right, that's right. I knew this, you oh, know. Yeah. The last will be first, and the first will. Of course, I to- I totally knew this, but I forget it every day. You know, I think maybe that's the you know reckoning the old man dead or hmm. you know resurrection, whatever you want to call it. The idea that. Um, that needs to happen on a daily basis. Daily choices and grace for yourself. Yeah, and like the little choices, right? Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to help this person. I'm late for work. Ah, dang it, I really wanted to get this thing done, but okay, screw it. Here we go. Yeah. You need something. Let's go. And and that choice being like, oh, that's a way bigger choice than the title of your book. Yeah. You know? True. It's it's what we always tell our kids is like how you do anything is how you do everything and so it's those it's those small things that nobody ever sees it's those those moments early for us that we're intentionally choosing joy for ourselves that day even when it doesn't feel very joyful um, that that end up even allowing us to do the things that maybe people hear about so not, not only are those as or more important those things that nobody is ever going to see. Um, but those end up shaping us into the kind of people who can actually yeah. even be the person up on stage. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and oh, yeah. be able to have anything to say. I mean, if you look at the structure of a building, it would make complete sense. Like, you never see the foundation. <laughs> you never see the, the structural I-beams that are holding it up. It That's never in your eyes when you look at a building or a person. But <laughs> that is determining exactly the structure and shape and how high it can go, you know. So that makes a lot of sense. I think we're good, man. Yeah, thank you, you for taking right. the time today. I appreciate yeah. it. Hopefully the guys no. will be back with your food. And... I think I'm meeting them there. Okay. Oh, you are. So, they were yeah. at you and told you. Yeah. So, Well, I don't have service, but oh. that's yeah. what... Yeah. Down in this. So, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, man. Awesome. Thank I appreciate you guys it. for your time. It's great yeah. to see you. Yeah. 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 Awesome. yeah. You as well. And I'll make sure... As always, you can find out more about LGHTV online. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are LGH underscore TV, and you can search for LGH on Facebook. Thanks so much. See ya. Peace.